0: Okay, welcome back to the Downtown Den, Mark Williams, part two. How's things, mate? Hi, Chris. How you doing, mate? Very well. I think it was about, was it six weeks ago since we last did this?
1: Oh, now you're asking. Um, yeah, at least. <laughs> it yeah, could... yeah it probably... I think I'm into week 10 of lockdown because I locked down slightly before lockdown, so... Yeah, we about, probably about eight weeks ago then, wasn't it? I think yeah, I, th- I think we've we've officially been locked down for eight weeks. So yeah, it was yeah, it was probably seven or eight weeks ago.
0: And how are you finding it at this stage then?
1: Uh, business keeps me busy. Um, you know, thankfully the um, the continuity strategy that we implemented is, is has meant that we've been largely business as usual. Um, and, and, and I've been particularly busy in, in, in the partnerships world, um, through this, uh, it, it, keeps me going if I'm honest, because outside of that, I was getting a little bit fed up of the weekends being a bit like Groundhog Day.
0: Yeah. 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 I think everyone's in the same boat, mate. Uh, the last time we talked, Mark, uh, we talked about the bounce back, um, which sort of the Chancellor, Chancellor alludes to since then, uh, He's made comments about to actually be in a severe re- recession. Um, so, has that altered anything that Western Union Business Solutions are going to be doing as a business? Uh, do you want to just give us your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share some. Uh, I'll share some thoughts. Uh, I mean, at the moment, uh, there's obviously quite a lot of noise out there, um, and one thing that we. are really trying to do is is cut through the fog a little bit, cut through that mist um, and provide clarity of information. Um, because if you turn to a different media source, you'll hear a different perspective and a, and, and, and a different story. Um, and you're right in that Rishi Sunak uh, did come out and say that we were facing what was looking to be an unprecedented recession. Uh, unlike anything that we've experienced previously, um, purely because, uh, of course, this situation is very unique um, and, and like nothing else that that, that we've that we've faced. Um, it's been quite refreshing to see a number of businesses beginning to reemerge from lockdown. Um, I don't know whether you've noticed it personally, where you are, but I've certainly noticed that there seems to be a rush hour again now, Um, and particularly in the construction and manufacturing sectors, which, of course, were directly referenced by uh, Boris Johnson the other Sunday as as, as industries that can't work from home. Uh, The the building sites seem to be a lot busier than they were previously, and even just walking through Manchester City Centre... It's evident that a number of businesses have either reopened in some capacity or are making preparations to do so. Mm. That and the local councils have been very busy getting some much needed road works done. Um, <laughs> yeah, the roads have been have been quiet. Um, but for the first time during my morning jogs, I've actually had to stop and wait for traffic to go past before mm-hmm. I on the road uh, recently. So it, it's certainly getting busier. In terms of looking at the recovery, what was was hoped, and I think what I outlined in the previous webinar was that um, through some of the content that was produced with our partners, Oxford Economics, there was an anticipated V-shaped bounce back or recovery um, from this. And I mentioned that we were being led down the path of uh, a very deliberate recession for um, health preservation, for welfare, and uh, the measures that have been taken to preserve businesses and employment as much as possible through these challenging times and i think that some of those initiatives have been open for debate and others have been incredibly successful um, as we really emerge from that it's looking increasingly unlikely that we are going to see that v-shaped uh, recovery um, and the concept behind that was that you know if If we go down that very steep decline, economic decline, um, then as much as in the short term it's going to hurt, it doesn't have enough time to um, really ingrain and impact on the economy and should bounce back very, very quickly as hopefully business bounce back and the economy gets moving again. We're looking like that's going to be slightly slower and the most probable outcome and the best case scenario. Um, in reality is uh, the u shaped recovery which means that we're probably going to flatline economically for a, a little while and that it's going to be a more gradual process to to come out of that i think every industry sector is facing its own very unique challenges and having to undertake various risk assessments um in preparation for when they can reopen again um, and ensure that they can still adhere to social distancing and that they, they their staff and their customers can remain safe whilst they uh, start to operate again. That's going to create some capacity issues in a number of sectors. It's probably going to impact on, you know, what turnover would be versus a normal environment. Um, you know, this so-called new normal, it's a term I hate because it, it makes it feel like it's something that's here to stay. I'd hope yeah. that temporary normal not a new normal and then we'll get back to the normal that (laughs) was was looking quite positive at the at the start of the year Um, but the u-shaped recovery is is something that's looking quite likely another potential outcome is the w-shaped recovery and um this is where there is no guarantee that we might not suffer a setback in the event that we see reintroduced in the event that we have to go back into lockdown because the numbers start to peak again, Mm. then that's obviously going to impact on economic activity because those businesses that have been working to reopen may then find themselves in a position where they have to close again. Mm. So we we could well see this (laughs) W shape. Um, before we we, we we get to get to the end of that, and the worst case scenario, which is, is frankly unthinkable, is uh, the L-shaped recovery, which is uh, a, a, a long depression, which could go on for for, for many years. Um, hopefully, that is you know that that is looking like not overly probable at, at the moment. It's uh, I think it's something that is. Uh, probably been planned for from the government's perspective as a a very worst case scenario but at the moment we are looking like we are transitioning from what was hoped to be the v-shaped recovery to the the u-shaped recovery Um, and and there'll be a a, a few different factors um, involved in that of course the last um eight nine ten weeks or so have, have been highly volatile very uncertain quite concerning for for many Um, and the impacts that it's had on businesses and in the financial markets has been somewhat unprecedented. We saw 35-year lows uh, for the pound against US dollar. Um, We've now seen somewhat of a recovery for that as optimism starts to creep into the markets in terms of recovery. Um, There was a story today, um, just just for the record, today is the 21st of of May, Um, but there was a story today um, that the government um, are expecting there to be widely available antibody tests uh, on the conclusion of a deal with Roche, um, who uh, obviously have have developed those. Um, So these these good news stories are um, creating some optimism within markets, um, we saw PMI data come out this morning which actually showed uh, a, a, a minor improvement on the data from april um, which is which is positive and I think um, lends itself favorably to the reality of this is going to be a slow recovery but a recovery nonetheless yep. things are starting to move in the right direction um, <clears throat> one of the um, measures which we, we've probably not seen complete visibility on the true impact it's had yet is in relation to unemployment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the, uh, the Q1 unemployment data which only really took into account the very start of the, uh, the pandemic and the coronavirus pr- uh, crisis. There were close to a million new unemployment claims. It was, it was announced uh, last week Mm-hmm. I think the true scale of unemployment is, is yet to be seen um, and the concern around unemployment of course will be for um, you know staff coming back re-emerging from the furlough scheme um, and whether the furlough scheme has done its job and preserved their jobs and that mm-hmm. there is still employment for them and that those businesses are in a position to be able to retain that staff and return to, to market and to business in, in, in full capacity. But unemployment is, um, is, is clearly a concern. A lot of the global hopes of recovery sit on uh, a vaccine um, at the moment and uh, the production, the successful production of, of a vaccine. One thing that I would um, cautiously lean toward on a vaccine is it, it's not necessarily the be all or the end all. It's critically important, yes. However, um, it's critically important subject to the demand on it on that time and subject to the capability to mass produce and how long it will take to get that vaccine to market across the United Kingdom and across the world. It's not gonna be a, an overnight thing, you know, from the point that the vaccine is you know, successfully found um, or, 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 or discovered. You know, we could be looking at a 12 month period before it can be mass produced. So, mm. you know, get, get out to everyone broadly. <clears throat> so, um, you know, a vaccine remains very important. Something else that's been quite interesting and probably the final point that I'll mention on this is around potential negative interest rates going into next year. There was a supposed leak from the Bank of England um, last week, which suggested that there was potential for further interest rate cuts um, below the 0.1% that we've seen currently, um, which has received some criticism that that was an action that was taken perhaps too early, Hmm. but that we might see negative interest rates next year. Negative interest rates is something that has now actually been factored in and priced into many markets. it could well be that it was um, a strategy to create a, a, a manipulated movement in, in expectation and in certain pricing. So it, it might be something that has come out and already served its purpose. It's not a, a guarantee that we'll we'll see that. But of course, negative interest rates and potential future debt defaults are something that financially are um, are of concern as well and, and will remain in the in highlight. All in all, you know I think that we are seeing positive movements toward recovery. I think everything suggests that we are in that transition from what was hoped to be a v2 EU um, you know businesses are slowly beginning to, to to reemerge. I had a call this morning with um, a client of Western unions and a good friend of mine um, who has started a new business um, whereby they are um, providing remote testing for um, football clubs professional football clubs looking to resume competitive football um, for um, businesses taking numbers of staff or seeking to take numbers of staff back into office environments Um, you know and uh, and and it seems that the the testing capability to resume a, a degree of normality safely is where it needs to be so you know on a personal level I have confidence that we, we should see a, a gradual um, but sustainable movement toward recovery. And I, I would hope that the U outcome is what we will experience. Yeah, and I think, as you
0: said, the city, uh, Manchester, and you know, every city across the UK now will be uh, busier, or England, should I say. Uh, and I think I've spoke to a lot of businesses this week and people are sort of getting into the mindset of going back to work and conversations have been a lot more positive than in previous weeks. So let's hope we don't get that second spike. Um, you know, it does scare you when you see people lying on the beach, uh, hundreds of people at a time. Uh, but yeah, because I think that would be, um, you know, could have an impact, a big impact long term. So will stay positive positive.
1: Um, exactly, and, and I think it's really important for everybody to consider that you know um, the the type of recovery that we see will be largely determined by the observation of ongoing social distancing mm. and adhering to, to, to these measures so you know the, the fate the fate is in is in our hands really yeah. um, to ensure that we do the right thing that we are productive as we can be whilst adhering to, you know, the, the measures that have been ever so slightly relaxed. But for me, living in the city center, um, a very welcome but yeah. relaxation. The fact that I can go out into a quiet part of the countryside now and go for a walk, um, beats walking around Deansgate and Castlefield every single day. <laughs> so um, yeah, we, 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 we have a responsibility and there are industry sectors that are going to re-emerge from this later in the process. Industry sectors that are suffering most, like tourism, like hospitality. And actually those industry sectors are relying on people to adhere to social distancing so that they can reopen and re-emerge as quickly as possible, as I'm sure you and I wish them to do so. <laughs>
0: so um Yeah, and I think those sectors are going to need additional support from government because if they can only have half the people in the venues at a certain amount of time, then obviously it's going to impact on their bottom line. Um, We will end on a positive mark. Uh, So we've been working together now
1: for how long is it? We are, um, I think formally our partnership has been in place for about 18 months, but I think we've we, we, we've known each other and 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 working um, yeah. for a bit longer than that yeah and you've obviously been a corporate partner as you say for
0: nearly two years now and you've been in touch with another one of our partners cube residential and our good friend dave seed so do you want to tell us what you've been up to over the past few months and what that's resulted in for for both you guys
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, our, our, our mutual good friend Dave Seed. Obviously, I've I've, I've met him on numerous occasions uh, at your um, more formal and less formal <laughs> business uh, over over recent times. And, and, and Dave works within a fantastic business. Um, you know, overseeing you know managed property which sees a lot of international investment. Um, and has a lot of international investors based over in Hong Kong uh, who invest in units in uh, in, in, in sulford Um and we questioned when we first engaged whether there was uh, anything that we could collaborate and support each other on because um, dave 's uh, business operation is a, is a sterling based business, even their Hong Kong investors get paid in in, in, in pounds but thankfully. Western Union, although um, foreign exchange is is what we do, what we specialise in, we have an equally um, powerful payments business um, and a number of integratable payment solutions to uh, enable uh, automation uh, and and, 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 uh, reporting and and management of, uh, of payment processing. And with the numbers of payments that Dave was sending over to um, Hong Kong um, we identified that it was a very manual process that the team at Cube were undertaking to, to make these payments on almost a daily basis um, and that um, you know from a cost perspective the cost per payment was was still quite high so um, we, we spent the last six months uh, in, in discussions, some formal, some slightly less formal, Um, you know, really looking at, um, you know, Dave's business and and how it operates, understanding the payment requirements, understanding the system that he uses at the moment and the challenges that that presents to them, but not just the challenges that it creates for the staff at at Q, but, um, the experience that it provides to to the investors, Um, as as well and we've been able to successfully deliver uh, a payment solution um, which which will make some significant cost savings in terms of the cost of payments to to Cube Residential over the next 12 months and and beyond but also created um, better payment automation uh, Mm -hmm. it's taking the, the team at Cube less time to process these transactions, which is a cost saving in man hours alone, in addition to the, to the cost per payment. And as we continue to um, work together and collaborate going forward, I hope that we can make that system uh, and that solution more automated, and that actually it will give a better experience and greater flexibility to the investors that, that Cube support. Mm-hmm. So it's been a really lovely success story um, of us, you know, meeting uh, a fellow partner through downtown in business and actually just having a discussion and not really knowing what the opportunity was, but just thinking that there might be one there, you know, and and now we've got, you know, what will hopefully be a a really successful and and, and long term uh, relationship.
0: No, that's great. Well, I spoke to Dave and uh, he's equally as excited about the partnership. Uh, before we end, mate, I could never have a conversation with you without bringing the footy up. Uh, so the Premier League teams are back in training uh, this week. They're back in training. A few, a few have got coronavirus, but they're back yeah. in training. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts? Do you think it'll be, I'm guessing, play behind closed doors now? Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I think that, I think that everybody's aware that um, the, the, the Premier League uh, and the clubs the Premier League were always going to find a way to finish the season. The financial implications in the loss of TV broadcast revenue and commercial revenues were, were, were just too great. Um, and to a number of the smaller clubs in the Premier League would, would probably have, have, have sent them under, those that have got you know, 90% cost, of, of which is, 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 is payroll mm-hmm. uh, for, for playing staff. So, um, inevitably, it will get underway again. Um, it was underway again in Germany this weekend. I don't know when yeah. you any of it, mate, but uh, it wasn't the same. Gave me, gave me something to have a cheeky £10 bet on, which I <laughs> um, just, just for old time's sake. But it, 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 it wasn't the same. I, I do understand that there are a number of uh, businesses that are in talks with the Premier League about creating a better fan experience for games played behind closed doors and even trying to create stadium atmospheres mm. in front of a crowd um, as well. So I'll be fascinated to see um, what what comes of that. I think it's an example of how there is always an opportunity for somebody through, through times of crisis. Yeah. Because these these organisations that, that, that have, have, have got solutions for that are are, are probably incredibly busy and, and probably recruiting, yeah. uh, to fill to fill the workload. I think inevitably you and I both know that it it, it will get finished. Um, I, I think there are there has been talk of um, uh, there being free to air games as well. Um, I think that the discussion. Uh, that I saw last was that they were going to relax the rule that goes back to the 1960s about a, a, a blackout on games between two forty five and five fifteen on a Saturday uh, meaning that there could be some free to air games for everybody to to enjoy i i 'm as somebody who goes to games i'm uh, i 'm not overly sure how uplifting it will be as mm-hmm. an fan we've not got a tremendous amount to play for we've got we're in the FA Cup quarter final but um, you know I'm not overly sure how uplifting it is um, but you know it, 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 it gets things going again. I think the more interesting thing and I'd love to get your views on this is will you and I get to a game next season because suggestions are at the moment that Premier League clubs are being advised to make preparations to play the bulk of next season behind closed doors as well. Yeah, have not really read
0: much about that. Pope, fingers crossed
1: because,
0: you know, probably like me, we, you've got a a WhatsApp group with the lads who support your team and we've been reminiscing about previous games we've been to and planning, saying we need to get to more away days when all this is all over um but yeah you never know hopefully not because uh, it was odd watching the german football of the weekend uh, to be honest i watched about 20 minutes uh, and yeah. and it just felt weird um it might be different with the premier league because it's it's what i follow week in week out but yeah sport
1: live is always better isn't it um sport live is always better and i think that uh, i think that if nothing else all this sport played behind closed doors will um, reiterate the forgotten value of the supporters yeah um, you know and that uh, you know we, we we don't we no longer make a significant contribution in terms of revenues ticket revenue versus TV revenue is, mm. is is tiny but in terms of the whole experience to not just everybody in the crowd and the teams but everybody watching around the world um, you know we, we, we're still a valuable component yes massively. But hopefully um, you know we'll be we'll be more than welcome back with open arms as soon as we're able to uh, uh, to get to a game again.
0: Aye. Right, we'll wrap it up there, mate. Thanks for your time. Thanks. For- Cheers, Chris. Thanks, mate. Catch up soon, Mark. All Peace. the best. See ya.